All right, this is so much fun. All right, so this is the third of our Hilcha Shabbos series. Um, let us close up the loose ends from last week. We were learning at the end of last week's class, we began with the laws of Shehiya, and then we went into the laws of Chazara. So I want to go on with the laws of Chazara. Chazara means that if something was already on the fire before Shabbos comes in, and you take it off the fire, what are the circumstances which will allow you to replace it? That's Chazara. So we learned the five rules. Rule number one is that the item has to be fully cooked. Rule number two is that the fire has to be covered. Rule number three, that that which was taken off and that you want to put back has to at least still be warm. And then the final two rules, which people are more familiar with, that is that when you take it off, you have to intend to put it back. And when you took it off, you have to actually physically still be holding on even if it's only to the handle. So it's almost like symbolic, but you are in touch with the handle of the chalon pot, of the suit pot, and then you put it back onto the fire. Okay. A detail that we did not speak about yet. Maybe it's not that common, but when it happens, it's good to know. If you had two pots on the fire, on a blech, before Shabbos, you had a soup and a chalant, just for an example. And the soup you were only planning to use Friday night. So whenever you would take off the soup, you don't need to put it back on. And the chalant, even if your minig is to have some chalant Friday night, but you would definitely want to put it back on the fire for Shabbos day. As we're supposed to have a hot meal during all the meals of Shabbos. Chamin. Accidentally, instead of you taking off the soup pot, don't forget the soup pot that you took off, you took off without intention to put back on. You took off the chalan pot, but you thought it's the soup pot, so you missed rule four and rule five. You took it off without intent, and you let go of it. And then you opened up the cover, and oops, it's the soup. I'm sorry, it's the chalan. So Halacha says that after the fact, in such a case, as long as the first three rules are met, fully cooked, just to reiterate, don't think that shalant is fully cooked that quick. I'm not the cook. We have the cooker here on the table. But there's cooked that you can eat it, but it's going to keep on cooking. I think it takes three to six hours to cook shalant, fully cooked. If you put up the shalant right before Shabbos, as we mentioned, you are allowed to do it. There is no shehiyah problem because you put meat in right before Shabbos, that's raw. But if it's not fully cooked, then you can never put it back on the fire. But if you took it off later and it's fully cooked, or you, someone told me last week that they put up challenge already Friday morning, which is a great thing. Or very good, like this when Shabbos comes in, it's fully cooked. In this case, so it's fully cooked, you have a blech, mm-hmm. and, and it's still warm, it's probably still hot, but it's still at least warm, then you may put it back. That's because if you will not put it back, you won't have chalant on Shabbos. Okay. And again, it's important to have during each Shabbos meal something hot. Mm-hmm. Which 
parenthetically means that from the times of old, from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, everyone had some sort of cholent on Shabbos. That's why you look at Tzvardim and Ashkenazim and Yemenites, everyone has something that will be cholent-like because any food that you put on the fire before Shabbos and you leave it there for almost 24 hours will basically look like cholent. <laughs> All right, now, um, another just thing to reiterate, I know I said this two weeks ago, but just to repeat that, coming back to the cholent, speaking about chazara, things that you leave on the blech, sometimes cholent can start burning. Something that's left on the fire for a very long amount of time. Now, obviously, if you can move it, instead of it being directly on the fire, we call that area A last week, if you move it to area B, it's warm, but it's, that, if that's a solution, good for you. We are allowed to add water in Shalant. Number one, never when the Shalant is directly on the fire. Number two, again, if the challenge is not fully cooked and you're adding water, you're, 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 you're hastening the cooking or you're adding to the cooking, you're, you're violating an Eastern Dionysus. But if the challenge is fully cooked and you take it off the fire, even if you leave it on the black, so you don't have to worry about holding it, you just take it off area A, which is the black directly on the fire, you put it to around the fire, the black is hot, but it's not directly on the fire, take off the cover, and you have to add water directly from Klirishayim. That's what we said. Here, you're not allowed to take water from the urn and put it into a cup, Klirishayim, and put it in the challenge. Since you're putting it in the pot which you plan to put back on the fire, even though the water is fully cooked, and ain't bishol achar bishol, right? And the water is hot. In a Klirishayim, it can be hot. You can only add water to the chalant. Chalant has to be off the fire. And you, can, you have to pour the water directly from the klidishan, which would mean either from the kettle or from the urn. Now, sometimes the urn is... The urn is... No, you cannot... You have to add not only hot pre-cooked water, but hot pre-cooked water from a klidishan because if you add not cooked water, then your mom is cooking on chops. Not cooked, not hot water. It has to be... You can't add cold water to God it. forbid. You cannot cut water, even if the water was no, pre-cooked. directly, like the tops of the sink. Remember that? That yesh bishul achar bishul. By lach, if the lach is cold. Listen to my previous two classes. It's important. The rules always fit. So, practically, what would you do? So like, by me, the urn is plugged in. So, I take... Uh, no, yeah, it has to be from the Kaladishan. Not only that, not only, yeah. So, so then you can't do it. Not, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Now, we also mentioned two weeks ago, just to remember this, this is not connected to Shabbos, but it's good to remember that steam, steam is something substantial. Smell. Not recha lav milsehi, but steam already links us into the issue of flashes. Just to be aware of that, which means if I have a chalent pot, there's meat in it, and there's steam coming up because I just took it off the fire, and I'm pouring water that's hot in a kleidishayim, also hot. If I'm gonna put my kettle directly above my open chalent pot, the steam of the chalent will go up. It's going to touch the kettle 
The kettle is flashiks. If you don't want a flashik kettle, then you have to put the water in from an angle. <laughs> or, let, or let your chalum burn. Let, like, okay, bite it. Are we good? Not good? No, not allowed to put water only if it's from the clay dishan. That means from the keli in which the water boiled on the fire. I make a flask before Shabbos and I'm tightening it. That flask is a clay shady. Still, sure, because that, that was not on the fire. The urn is a clay dishan because it cooks in the urn. So a flask before Shabbos. Flask before Shabbos. A flask before Shabbos. That is 200 degrees versus water in a kettle that was taken off the fire 10 minutes ago. Now it's 150 degrees. Water in the kettle is okay. Water in the flask is not. Wow. Okay. Now, we did mention last week about making tea. And Baruch Hashem, people are listening to the class and there was some good pushback and I'm going to share that in a moment. And I'm just going to reiterate that what I said last week was based on the Alter Rebbe. And many people are more lenient than the Alter Rebbe, granted. But let's go into another Malacha, which is very relevant in the kitchen constantly and beyond the kitchen, but primarily in the kitchen. And that is called Bayrer. Bayrer means selecting. In the Mishkan, when they were preparing the Ketairis, they were selecting the spices. That is where the selecting process happened there. And that is something that we may not do on Shabbos, whether it is food-related or not food-related. And here are the three rules, much less than the cooking. Cooking, we went on to three different, uh, three different paths, then we put them all together. This is relatively simpler, but again, it's complex. There are many halachas. This hopefully will at least give us the, out, the outline of the rules. It's always good to ask a question and to verify it inside the book. But this, God willing, will be good info that we should review to remember. Here are the three rules when it comes to selecting. Selecting that's being done with an instrument that was made for selecting. A sifter, a sieve, a funnel, or any other instrument. It's called in halacha a clay an instrument that was made for sifting may not be used. I'm going to repeat that in a moment when I put other pieces of the puzzle together. Rule number two. Even when you are not using an instrument that was made for, for separating um, or for selecting, you're using your hand, biad, or a fork is just as good as because a fork wasn't made to select, even though you're using it to select. And I'll give examples for all this in a moment. Rule number two is that you may only do bayrer if it's oichel mitoy chapsoilis. If it's food, the good from the bad. The definition of good and bad is not ob- objective, good and bad. It's dafke subjective. If you're having chalant, and you paid for the meat, kosher meat, a lot of money. And you paid for the beans on a sale, bupkis. But you don't like meat. You're going to be taking the beans and not the meat. For you now, the beans is good. Since you don't want the meat, the meat for you is called psoilus bad. 
If you're not using an instrument that was made to select, you're eating a chalant with your fork, your fork was not made to select, your fork was made just to eat, then you may take the beans out of the meat, you may not push the meat away from the beans. You can't take the bad away from the good, you may only take the good from the bad. These are the rules that we learn in Yeshiva. And rule number three, even if you met both of the rules, you're not using a keli hamayuchad lakach. And you are taking oichel metechapsailas, you still may only do so either during the meal or when you are preparing the food immediately before the meal. La'alter. The Alter Rebbe says, preparing the food within an hour of the meal. You may not select even the good from the bad, even not using an instrument in the morning before you go to shul. So when you come back from shul, you should be ready. Now let me give examples from each and every one. Let me first speak about a keli hamayuchat lekach, a utensil that was made. An example. You have law. And you have these holy spoons, meaning spoons that have holes in them, because since the coleslaw in Nebuch is attacked with vinegar, Nachmanus on the coleslaw, and even you who love vinegar, you understand at least that too much is not good. So you have these spoons, so when you take out the salad, a little bit of gook and garbage that you put on it should, 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 go, should, should go out and fall back into the big bowl and not go into your plate. Yeah? That... Strainer. That may not be done on Shabbos ever because even though you're taking the good from the bad, you want the coleslaw. You don't want the, the, the dressing. You're not taking the dressing out. You're taking the good from the bad. But what are you using? That spoon, that salad gathering spoon that was made as a sifter or a strainer or whatever you want to call that. That type of selecting may never be done. Good example? Good example. I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example. Now, I'm going to say something. You listen to it a few times, you'll get used to it. There are different types of selectings. We mentioned right now beans and meat in a chalant. That's a great example. We mentioned excess dressing in a salad. Great example. They're two different items. They're mixed together. You don't want both. You could take the good out of the bad. You cannot take the bad out of the good. And even when you take the good out of the bad, you cannot use a utensil made for it. Now let me speak about many foods that by nature have a peel. You don't want the peel. When you don't want the peel. So the peel is called bad. What did we just mention? That you may never take the bad from the good. Okay, how do you peel an egg? How do you peel an apple? How do you eat a watermelon? Etc. Etc. Okay. Well, so banana, you could just peel it and then take the good part out of the peel. What about the peeling, the action of peeling itself? Yeah, Okay, so like this. Anything, I'm using the words in Shulchan Aruch. Don't get nervous. We're touching on the fundamentals. That's called Achilasai Bekach. This is the way you eat it. You're going to eat an egg, you're going to have to peel the egg. Anything that is achilase bekach, whether it is when you're peeling the grapefruit or whether you have the watermelon before they started to 
poison it and manipulate it to make it square and make it white and make it purple. When the way God made it, there used to be pits. Remember when we wanted on pits? You don't want the pits. The pits is called bad for you. You don't want it. So you can't on your plate take the pits out like to eat the watermelon, huh? Papaya. You can't do that. But when you put it in your mouth, you can spit out. But one second, how can I spit out the pit? I'm separating the bad from the good. So the answer is so very good. So when it comes to foods, that this is the way people eat it. There's no option. Both, whether it is the peel, or a pit, or a bone. Papaya is not a good example because the way to, part of cutting the fruit is to scoop the... You may not do so. But can't you but cut around it? It's so big. Like, can you, you cut around it? So one second, well, I'll get to that in a second. So, just, so when any, whenever you have food, that the way you eat it is you have to get rid of the outer and the inner... You are allowed to get rid of the outer. Yeah, exactly. Let me just, one second. You are allowed to peel an egg. You're not, uh, one second. However, when you're peeling an egg, you may not use a utensil that was specifically made for peeling. Maybe by an egg peeler, I don't know if there's such a thing, but let me go to a peeler, an apple peeler, fruit peeler. A cucumber, so I guess. Now, let's differentiate, very important, in Biden, between peels that are edible, even if you don't want it, versus peels that are not edible. So in halacha, you're going to have an apple. Even if you don't want the peel, at least it's edible. Don't forget, you have to peel it if you're not going to eat it. But that's the way God made it. It's not beans and, 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 and meat. You don't want to eat the peel. You're having orange, a grapefruit. Well, it's any, any, any product that by nature has a clipper. You have to get rid of the clipper. Yeah. So, halacha is like this. A peeler, we paskin, may never be used, period. Why? Because it's a keli hamiyuchad lakach. That's the rule. Whenever there's some sort of separating, selecting, don't use a utensil that was made for selecting. I can use a fork, like in the example that I gave. I'll give an example. I'm taking the, with a fork, I'm taking the coleslaw out of the the, the dressing, because a fork wasn't only made to select, a fork was also made to eat. So you can do that. So I could do that, I'm no, taking the good out of the bed, very good. Yeah. But a strainer or a peeler cannot be used. Now, being that an apple, a knife can be used. Now, being that the apple, the peel is edible, here I'm allowed to peel an apple. Even if I only plan to eat the apple later, I'm allowed to do that. With so, the peeler? No. Never with the peeler, with a knife. But if I'm going to be peeling uh, a carrot or any other vegetable who, whose peel we don't eat, so it's not that I don't want to eat it. It's not considered edible. I want to peel an egg. Okay, let me go to an egg. No debate about that. So, I'm, even though I'm taking the bad off the good, that's the way God made it. I'm good. I'm not using a utensil made to peel. I'm using my hands. I can only do it during the meal or immediately before the meal. If I say, I'm going to shul, I want to make everything now, so when I come back from shul, everything is ready, I am not allowed to peel my eggs. You can do it before Shabbos. You can peel an egg on Shabbos. You can peel with your fingers. You can peel with your fingers. At any time. At any time, before you are eating it, I cannot peel in the morning. I'm just reviewing the three rules. Three rules, three rules, three rules. 
You can never use a utensil that was made for. Okay, but you're not using a utensil. Even when I'm not using a utensil, yeah. rule number two is I have to take the good out of the bad, okay. unless. We're speaking about, like I gave examples, that God in nature makes things with a peel. You, the only way you'll get to the fruit is by getting to the peel. Okay. And ultimately, you'll have to get rid of the pits. Right. So on my plate, I'm not going to take the pit away from I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. What will I do? I'm going to put it in my mouth and spit the pits out. And spit the pits out. Mm-hmm. And number three, that I have to do it immediately before separating can only be done immediately before I eat, either during the meal or within an hour of the meal. So going back, cracking an egg, taking off the peel, is something I may do before I have the meal. An hour before. Within an hour or closer before, and not in the morning. You wanted to ask a question? I yeah. two questions. Oh, let's go. Question number one is probably easier. Like carnine, which is uh, like seeds. Yes. You can break it in your mouth and spit it out. How's it work? Okay. So, the, the Sunflower Al-Tadev, seeds. Very good. Sunflower seeds, that mini Yiddish is that Friday night, it's snowing, these seeds, it's all over the place. The Al-Tadev is very machmer, suggesting for people not to have it at all. If you are, there's, there's two problems with any item in which you're going to be making a selection. The boiled problem, Josh, is not that much there because it's inside of it. The only way to get it is by breaking it open. So you can't say you're doing birur bad from the good. There's no other way of doing it. You can argue, do it in your mouth. Some people do that. They put it in their mouth. The other problem when it comes to all nuts, including some sort of seeds, is that after you separate it and you have the good in your mouth, that which for you is garbage is by default mutza. Now, if you were to spit it out from your mouth into the garbage, you're good. Even if you were to spit it from your mouth onto the table, which is not ideal, but, or in a cup, once you have an accumulation of garbage in front of you, then we put aside the din of mutza, which is why we can clear off the table with garbage, you're good. The Al-Tarebbe was afraid that people are going to end up playing with the, with the, with the shell when, there, when, when, it, when there's no good in it anymore. Then they're touching Moksa. And then the Al-Tarebbe adds on that letter that walnuts, aside of the Moksa issue, walnuts happen to have, you know, this, the walnuts is like a brain. You saw it? It's like a brain. And then there's like membranes in it. So the Altarebbe says like this, when it comes to cracking the nut, even though you're taking the bad out of the good, that's the way to do it. But once you cracked it open, then you are only allowed to take the good out of the bad. And the Altarebbe felt that people won't do it. It's not practical. Because that little stupid thing, that little piece of paper in there, yeah, you know, it's like, how are you going to eat it? You're going to end up take, pulling it out. And that's baita. That's all right to do though, on Yantar, though, right? Boiled, very good. Boiled may be done on Yantar. This is mamish only for shops. Mm-hmm. Now, now, uh, okay. Now I'm going to kishka in the, the chilling pot. Kishka in the It has pot. like either a silver foil around it, or it has like a plastic around it. Now people are playing with that inside, right? Is that considered p- taking good from bad or taking the kishka? Very good, very good question. So again, being that it's inside the silver foil, 
Here, even though normally you have to take the good from the bad, there's no option. Anything that has an outer cover, you, that's the way you eat it. No, it's the reason. The reason why we can only take the good out of the bad is because that's the way you eat it. But if no, by the, when, the, when you have a food that's in, you have a potato in a silver foil, you have to open up the silver foil. But once you open up the silver foil, now instead of you with your fork pushing the silver foil aside, now bring the potato to you. Once it's opened, even when it comes to the, to the, to the pits and the papaya that you mentioned, or in the melon, yeah, it will be very nice, convenient to clean it out. You can't do that on Shabbos, because now you have the food, and they're not, and they're not food. At least for you, by here it's even objective, food and not food, you cannot take the bad from the good. Now, if I have a kid, and my kid, this kid doesn't want meat, but the other kid wants meat. Here, I can take the meat from him, to put it on the other person's plate, because I'm taking the good from the bad. I'm objective. Even if the kid is old enough to share, he doesn't want the meat, he doesn't want to be like potatoes. So he can take his potato out to give it to his sibling, because then he's not taking the bad out of the good, yichap, then he's taking the good out of the bad. So if I take the chalpa and I see the kishka, I don't like kishka, and I push it aside. Don't do that. Now I'm violent. That's right, yeah. What you do is, you don't, don't directly push it aside. Just go for the stuff. You go for the you like. And if it goes to the side, you're, you're taking the good from the bad. You take the good from the bad. And you're using a utensil that's not made for separating. You're using a spoon. It's made for many things. Now, let me give a, a very interesting thing. I mentioned two segments ago that when you make tea, and a lot of pushback on that. So I explained that, number one, going back to cooking, can never be done in a clay shaney. It's going to cook the tea leaves, fine, klish lishi. But then I explained that if you're making two or three cups of tea, so I'm taking the tea bag out of my cup for your cup, I'm taking good from the bad. I want the tea bag. But if I, I, it's only me and I'm only having one cup of tea, or it's three people and you're the last guy having the tea that you have to do a thousand times to get some color, but now you finish with the tea bag. Taking the tea bag out is bited. You have tea and you have a tea bag. For you, the tea bag is bad. You cannot take the bad out of the good. So he says, you have to leave the tea bag in. Oh. So came along uh, Chacham and he told me, that, no, there's a solution. What's the solution? And what I'm saying now is acceptable by all, aside of who counts for us, the Altarebbe does not accept what I'm saying right now. He wrote a letter against it. But what many people do is, is they say it like this. You can't take the bad out of the good. But what were to happen if you're going to take bad and good out of the good? And then have some of the good. For example, wait, wait, wait. For, let, me, let me clarify. Take the cup and then pour, there's a tea bag in there. Yeah. I said that. You, you can do that. Inside. You can do that. So people without a demonstration, yeah. don't forget that. Yeah. Very good. You're making it. She wanted to have so what would what, what happen? I have a tea bag and, and tea in here. I'm going to take my spoon, put it into my clay shlishi, and I'm going to take out the tea bag, and inevitably in the spoon there's going to be a little bit of tea. I'm going to put that into the fourth cup. And then, one second, then I can go ahead and I can drink some of the water. And the argument here is I didn't take bad out of good. I took both, both 
And then you drink the cup. Anyway, oh, so the Alter Rebbe wrote a letter, even though the Alter Rebbe was not speaking about tea, but let's extrapolate and apply. The Alter Rebbe writes about a phenomenon that can happen. Maybe it happened more then than now when he speaks about a fly fell into your soup. Now there's kashros issues, which there's not, because you don't have to have bitl b'shishim. The taste of a fly is so disgusting. It's called nice and tamal of gum. Don't worry about how much soup you had versus how large the fly was, but you may not eat the fly. You got to get rid of the fly. How, how are you going to take out the fly? Bite it. Bite it. So what did the other can say? Take your spoon, get the fly and soup. So again, you're not taking bad out of good. You're taking bad and good out of good and then put it to the side. al says, you are not allowed to do it. So what should you do? Now listen to al logic. He says, if you want, you can blow the fly to the edge. Blow it to the edge. Still eat the soup? No. Yeah. No, no, no. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> One second. Al-Tarebbe says, picking up the, the utensil, the bowl, the cup, the utensil itself, and pouring it out, and pouring the fly out, that's not called taking the bad out of the good, listen and think, when even, even if no soup would go with the fly, I'm only pouring out the fly, I'm not taking the bad out of the good, I'm taking the good out of the fly. When you're holding on to the cup, it's in your hand, and you're tilting it, you, we, halakhically we are viewing it, it's such a brilliant way of looking at things, it's not that I'm expelling the fly, it's I'm taking, the, the, I'm taking the cup and the, and the soup right. out of the fly. Because, because this is in my hand. The fly is not in my hand. That's the way we do it. Uh-huh. And then you or still just, eat the soup? Yeah. And then you can eat the soup. Right. But I don't one second. One second. Well, there we go. If you, if you don't want to eat the soup because a fly fell in it. Is that a whole new bowl, right? If you want to get another bowl, you're good. Don't forget, Al Tareb was speaking to people that they're having the bowl of soup. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, they're getting rid of the fly. Ah, you can't take the fly out, so the solution is take the fly and some soup out. Al Tareb says, and the seed it's printed in the seed that we all use. Don't do that. Pour it out. Pick up the cup and pour it out. I don't think it would work with the tea bag. Right. It wouldn't work with the tea bag. No, tea bag sticks. Tea bag would stick. You would never get rid of it. There would be no, no tea left. You would be left with the cold tea bag. So, the kids said, I just want to conclude this class by saying, that, that you remember these three rules? Not a utensil made exclusively. Even when you're not using that utensil, good from the bad, unless that's the way, it, that's the way, you can only get to the, to the meat if you get rid of the peel. Number three is during the meal or immediately before the meal. These are the three rules. Apply everything that we mentioned also by non-food items. I'll just quickly give you a few examples. You cleaned up your cutlery Friday night, and you are all sitting in your sink drying in this one container that has spoons and forks and knives and what have you. You are saying, why should I tomorrow? I'm sleeping in tomorrow morning. I'm setting up my Shabbos table tonight like this. I'm done with this, and I'm good. And by now, everything is nice. So what do you want to do? You want to, to take that whole strainer or that whole utensil that was used over the sink, and you're taking it to the table, what are you going to do now? Separate. Oh, God. You're separating the, the good from the bad. From the, the good from, you know, you're putting the, 
You're taking the good from the bad. You're not using, you're using your hands. But when are you doing it? You're not doing it before the meal. You're doing it the night before. You're not allowed to do that. No, not only are you not allowed to separate it to put it in your drawer. But who's to say a fork's better than a knife? I don't understand. What, no, what I'm saying is, is that you need to meet all the three criteria. Separation. separation. If I'm going to have in, in that area in the sink, yeah. if you're going to when you clean it, you're going to put the knives here and the forks here and the spoons here so they're not mixed together, then you're good. But if, but if they're all together, if they're all together, even though you're taking the good from the bad, because if you're going to put on the right side of the plate the small fork, if I hope I got it right, so you want what you're taking, it doesn't help good from the bad if you're not doing it immediately before a meal. Very good. Another example. You are going into uh, the men are picking out a tie. We have a better example. You, the mother, the parents are saying, I'm sleeping in tomorrow morning. I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going until 12, until 10. My kids have to never go to show. Good. I'm going to separate their clothing Friday night. Put it near the thing. All their clothing is where they need it. You can't do that. Depends where the clothes. If you're taking the clothing out of the closet. Now, I guess many people say that if you buy for your clothes, for your kids, only white shirts. And they're all the same. It's not called selecting. Because it's called one, one min. Selecting only means if it's two types that are together. If it's the same type, but if I have blue shirts, God forbid, not that chassidish yet, and some white shirts, and for Shabbos only white shirts, so you're going into your closet and you're taking out the white shirt and you're taking out that sock. So again, if you have a sock drawer for your kids, they're all the same. Good. But if you have different designs, then you definitely cannot move the bad socks. You have to go straight for the good sock. Think about that. Not only that, when you take out the sock, it has to be before you wear it. Right before. Right before you wear it. Even when you're preparing your kids' clothes. Even when you're preparing your kids, this concept is you're not using a utensil, you're making a separation of the good from the bad. It has to be before you're using it. So it doesn't have to be the second. So within an hour, they're going to shul at 9 o'clock to be there on time. A quarter to 9 is like good. But don't do it much before. You can't do that. Can you put it on your kid's foot, take it off, and then say, go get dressed in three hours? So, so one of the women here are suggesting over here, the solution will be is that make your kids get dressed Friday night for Shabbos Day. <laughs> we'll stop over here. All right. I feel like I